And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% and on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. All right, guys. Hey, you're here. Josh Thompson, Big John McCarthy, and of course, Podcast Dave, who uh, I, behind the scenes, he kind of feels like he runs the show. But I mean, really, behind the scenes, he kind of does because you don't want to put his face on the on camera. <laughs> One of us has to. You guys well, saw. Someone's got to. If you guys want to see how ugly he truly is, go to the workout videos on our channel. That's yeah. hilarious. If you also want to laugh and a giggle about how in how un in shape he is, I guess you say how, what are you? What are you? Not You're not fit. Of course, I'm, oh. did you see me in those videos? Yeah, everyone commented. They, I thought Dave would be fatter. I thought because the way you talk about because you're always saying he's fat. He is kind of fat. If my, I, think, I, mean, I, I don't read comments, but my wife always does. Of course, and she goes, she goes, you want to see all the people saying, "Hey, Dave's not fat." And I go, I said, that's only because Josh is always saying he's fat. He goes, that's and he's great. not fat. He's thin, man. Yeah, that's great, man. I love it. It's it's true though. You're you're not skinny fat. You know those people that have like no oh. muscle tone. No muscle tone. They're super soft. That's him. They like all around the belly and stuff. How, how can you be thirty years old and look like that? That's what I want to know. How can you incredible? Be... I know. No, it's no. Rare. It's rare, bro. At thirty years it's old, rare. if I looked like that, I would have been so embarrassed. I would never take my shirt off if I looked like that at thirty years old. At thirty years old, I was fucking shredded. Just. <laughs> Big John You're at 30, awesome. he was fucking, I, oh, just I was at 30. Yeah. Look at what the fuck happened. <laughs> all right. Hey, so uh, I want you guys all, will you guys do us a big favor? Hit that thumbs up. Hit the likes button on YouTube. Look, um, we're going to do this thing now. Uh, who We're going to get to a thousand likes. We want to try to get to a thousand likes the week of. So that means a thousand thumbs up. Uh, for this week, the week of, if we can do that, that'd be great. Uh, so make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. And next time when we, when, then when we hit that goal, we're going to try to also get you guys to hit up to 2,000 and 3,000 as well. So I don't think I'm going to stop at 1,000 likes every time we do a show. Um, if we guys do that again, by the end of the week, we'll try, not the end of this week, but by Monday, we're going to try to get another video out or Tuesday of another uh, Q&A out for you guys. Uh, with Q&As, are going to have to be popular right now because there's not a whole lot to talk about, except- A whole lot going on. Come on, man. When, when in doubt, John jones never fails he gives us something to talk about he did you know what he failed us in one aspect oh man we did a show early thursday morning five o'clock in the morning yeah. and he was arrested at one but no one besides the police officers knew it so <laughs> we would have talked about it then people are going why didn't you talk about the john jones what are you afraid to talk it's like what are you talking about afraid to talk yeah. about something the guy is just incredible i'm gonna let you have in the floor john have at it buddy have at you it. you know what in every way possible, he's incredible. Because in the cage, you got to admit, he is an incredible fighter. And he is the, it, it, the question is, how do you take a guy, and, and I understand what it is. When he is disciplined, when he has a fight, when he has a structure and a schedule, the military would have been great for John Jones because it's got structure. Because you've got to be here at this time. This is your job. This is what you do. Then you'll go over here. Then you're going to do this. And John performs beautifully under that structure. And when he doesn't have structure, he is a disaster. He is an unmitigated, just straight out fuck up. And you look in there, and this is, I'm, I'm going to try to clarify this as much as I can. Because I'm going to get all kinds of people I know saying, you know, you're an asshole for saying that about John. You know, people need second chances. He's had second chances. 
when John Jones was first coming up, you can go back and watch. You did a you did a thing with Mike Strzok, and I did a thing with a couple of them. Mike was one of them, and he was saying, "All right, who's going to be the champions of the future?" John Jones was one of the guys. I said, "There's this kid, John Jones. I'm just telling you, he's special. He's that good." I said, and he does. And at the time, the way I looked at him, he does everything right, man. You know his his personal life, the way you know he's a family guy with his parents. He's always got his parents in his fights. His brothers are athletes. I just went through this whole thing. And I, I was right as far as the fighting part, but the living your life part, it, it all comes down to, you know, Josh, we talk about, you know, who you are is what you do when people don't know, mm-hmm. when they don't see. That's who you really are. And that's John's problem. Because what we're seeing like on that videotape, that's who John really is. Because you can take a look at the videotape and, and, my boy Chael. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> slam my boy Chael here because I love Chael. Chael P. Son and the American Gangster. You are the biggest homer ever. Hey, <laughs> you sit there and you you're doing a thing with Aaron Bronster from Canada, and you say, "Look, I I don't understand why the police officers are making him do all that stuff." You know, he told the truth. They asked a question. They said, "You know, did you have a drink?" And he said, "Yes." He told the truth. What more do you want? Are you kidding me? You want to say he told the truth? He didn't even tell the truth in that aspect. Did Were you drinking? I had one. Mm-hmm. He blew twice over the legal limit. Do you think a 225-pound man is going to blow twice over the legal limit with one drink? If it's out of a 55-gallon dr- drum, sure. <laughs> All right? Second off, what are you drinking? Vodka. <laughs> He's got a... A three-quarter empty bottle of tequila or mezcal in his Jeep. And why is he firing guns off in yeah. public spaces? What What are you doing? I'm here just trying to help the homeless. What are you trying to ventilate them? Is that your idea of helping people? Everything well, you're doing is just, John, you're making not only yourself look bad. And this looks bad. You're making the sport look bad now because when when people that are trying to put down MMA want to go in any direction, guess what direction they're going to go in? Well, hey, this is the guy that you people say is you know one of the greatest fighters, if not the greatest fighter, and look at him. What does he do? It is absolutely incomprehensible that this man cannot control his actions. When he's being arrested, you know, you know I just want to be with my kids. No, you had the chance to be with your kids. You decided to go out and drink and drive and shoot guns, and you decided to take that ability away. You decided that. No one made you. This is going to hurt John a lot more than he realizes. This one is basically the third, Mm -hmm. all right? Josh, we're talking about he, he was given a Bentley by certain people from the UFC. He took that and he wrapped it into a tree with two girls in it because he was drunk. All right. Then he goes and in Albuquerque, he has a hit and run and he runs away from the scene and he runs away taking what? Paraphernalia. Yeah, I heard money and drugs, but I mean. (laughs) Okay. So what do you think he was? Driving under the influence. At least any judge is going to look at it and go, hey, there was paraphernalia in the car. That's probably saying there was a reason why you ran. 
they may not have tested you for that, you know, by the time, you know, that you uh, cleaned yourself up and were able to get anything. But yeah, I'm going to look and say, yeah, the, the evidence shows you are probably driving under the influence. And now he wasn't even driving. He was sitting. You know, a lot of people are sitting there saying the police, you know, pull it. He, they pulled him over because they had a, a shots fired in the area. Mm -hmm. And it was the person was described coming out of a black vehicle. And guess who's sitting in a black Jeep? Mm. John Jones. You know, you create these situations for you to lose your freedom, your ability to fight, your ability to provide for your family, your ability to see your family mm. and to do things with them. And you're putting out posts about the coronavirus and all you know, hey, all we got to do is sit inside. Let's not screw this up. Who's the first person that can screw it up? He's just, and I'm going on a rant, but this is the one. There's also the thing, you know, someone put out a thing, you know, the defense attorneys say that this could be thrown out because of the coronavirus. I guarantee it's not going to be thrown out. Not a third time, man. They're going to look at it. They definitely have this as a second time, and they're going to look at it as a third time, and He's going to do some time. I'm just telling you. It may not, you know, he's, it'll be what we call jail, not prison. But he's going to spend some time with his butt behind these things called bars because he's proven that he, he does not change his attitude and his demeanor and his aspect towards doing the right thing. He's done it before. He's now doing it again. And they're going to say, well, you didn't listen to us the first time. And you obviously didn't even really take it that serious the second time. So the third time we're going to show you, you made a big mistake. And you know, Chael and his thing was sitting there with the truth and stuff and saying, why is the officer? The officer's got a job. Mm -hmm. And his job is to show, look, this is my reasons for taking this person into custody, not only detaining them, but arresting them. And the officer is using that test to show that this supreme athlete can't comprehend anything. That's why he keeps on asking him, do you understand the test? He's not saying that because he just wants to say it. He's saying it because he knows it's being put onto that recording. And he knows he's getting the response. So then when John doesn't do the test right, or he doesn't, you know, or he asks, also, oh, I've got ADD, man, you know, I'm just telling you, I the the UFC has always been this hands off when it comes to this, and they're going to let the justice system do their do their thing. <clears throat> but John's not going to be fighting for a while, so they're going to end up stripping him of that title mm -hmm. again. You know, how many times can you be stripped of the title? The real question is, do you want him on your roster? Do you really want him? Yeah, I see here. <clears throat> I guess for me, this is my this is my thing is that they were going to use him up anyways until he was until he hit about 34, 35. And then if things like this happen, then they're fine with cutting him or just not fighting him as often because they know that he's on the back end of his career. Yeah, it's common for this to happen. It happens in the NFL, happens in the NBA. It happens in all these other sports. Don't think that the UFC or other fighting promotions are any different. When you are not valuable anymore to them for the long term, you're gone. You're gone. Like there's no reason for them to put up with this type of behavior. And look, I'm not going to say a whole lot into John Jones. I'm not going to waste my breath. I've had rants about like you just did, and it's not even worth it to me. Um, you know, are you just, saying that my rant was worthless? No, no, I'm just, right. no, no, you, you just, I'm sure you haven't had them as many times as I had about John Jones. And 
you know, I can say a lot of things about him. There's no, there's no one, no one's ever doubted his talent. No one's ever done that. You, like you said, you've talked he's about He's incredible. That. He's extremely talented. He's probably the most talented person that's ever stepped foot in the cage, you know, um, um, athletic wise. Like he is phenomenal. He just can't get out of his own way. And it's, there's a couple things. He doesn't want to get out of his own way. Yeah. Yeah. I that's mean, that's the difference. They're just, like you said, he can. The he can. He won't. Here's the thing, John, is that I kind of I kind of went through the same thing when I was younger as well. And it took it took a good friend of mine, this guy named Trevor Prangley, to snap me out of it. You know, I was I was partying every weekend. Even when I had fights coming up, I was at the club. It was, you know, and that and not to blame my loss to Clay Guida on that. But I was partying the whole week of the, you know, the whole two week, three weeks before the fight. Every weekend, bottle service Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, out with the boys, hanging out. Just stupid stuff. Still doing all my training. It's just not the training that you need to be doing. Him, he's able to get away with that because of his athleticism. I wasn't able to get away with it. I'm just trying to relate you guys to scenarios and situations, but it takes sometimes a good friend of yours, whether it's his brothers or whether it's like a really, really close friends, really, really close friend. But it's also different from somebody. It's got to come from someone who is at your stature or above for you to for you to snap out of it. And I don't I don't know what's with him being who he is, if he's going to find somebody like that, because people above his stature don't do shit like that. They don't want they don't want to be around people like that. So it's harder for them to be like, hey, John, let me talk to you because they don't normally hang out with him because he acts like that. He does yep. stupid shit like that. No one, no one with a with the higher stature is going to be like, hey, or equal to them. You know, whether it's his brothers, whether it's they're not going to be out there hanging out while he has a gun on the car. They're like, fuck that. No way, man. I'm not trying to get caught up in the shit that you're caught up in like that, you know, and then discharging a firearm in such a small in Albuquerque, New Mexico. You got to think that it'd be a matter of time before they find out John Jones did it. It just doesn't make it just it just doesn't make sense, you know. And so, like you said, I, I really do believe that structure is something that he needed. And people fighters say this all the time. If it wasn't for fighting, I would be dead. And and you hear athletes, a lot of athletes say that John Jones is one of those ones is that can't seem to get out of his own way because when there's not a fight, he doesn't stay in the gym. See, all the other ones that said the gym saved my life or the fight game saved my life or baseball, football, whatever saved my life. That's what they're talking about. Practice in the morning, practice in the evening. I have no time. I'm so tired between. I have no time to get into trouble because I'm so devoted to me making money and me getting better. And that's kind of what I went through with Trevor when Trevor said to me, dude, you got to get the, you got to get your shit together. You know, I was going to tell you you're fucking up, but you, you know, you said you were on track. You were training. I didn't say anything. He's like, but then once you lost the fight, you need, you need to hear it from someone. He's, he's my best friend. You know, I consider, being a friend. yeah, he's, that's he's just being a some, friend. someone that's so close to me. I was like, you know, whatever, whatever he's telling me, there's fucking a lot of truth to me. Javier, Bob, all of them tried to say, say the same thing to me. It didn't snap until Trevor said it to me. Trevor was living with me at the time, training with me. It's that mutual respect you have for one person or a couple people, only a couple people in your life that you can hear it from. He needs to hear it from somebody, whether it's his brothers. Yeah. I, I don't know if he feels that way about his mom and dad, whatever it is, somebody, you know, somebody, you know, I know that if my, if my dad had said something to me, I probably would have, my dad passed, but my mom, if she would have said, I probably been like, nah, whatever, you know, you, you and you, you know, but my, what Trevor said to me was something that changed my life and changed the way I approached the game in my mind. 
He needs that somebody. And I don't think, I don't know if he has one because of his stature is so high. The people that hang out with him are not, people that have that stature are not going to want to be around things that happen, like troublemakers like that. And so he, he, the structure that he needs is like you said, the military and the, yep. he's going to hate the structure they have in jail. Can tell you that. Oh yeah. You know, he's going to hate that structure, you know, line uh, up, every, make your bed. Every, you know? every day that he's sitting there is the day that he's not making money. A day that his career is going yeah. down the drain, a, every bit of it. And I'm, I'm as flat out as I can say, if, if I was in charge of the UFC, I would cut him. I not only would take his title. Yeah, I would cut him. Yeah, here's the and, thing. And I'm telling you this, Josh, yeah. straight out. If Bellator wanted to sign him, I would do everything I could to say, why are you doing that? Yeah. Don't even think about it. Because all he's going to do yeah. is bring you bad press. What he brings in the cage, in the end, is not going to be worth what he's going to bring to you on the outside. Because just put it this way, he's been lucky. Because he hasn't hurt somebody. Mm -hmm. And I don't think John wants to hurt somebody purposefully as far as in the cage. Yes, he does. Other than that, he does not. But he's putting himself in positions where he's not in control of his faculties to the point where what happens when he hits somebody and they die? Yeah. Now he's responsible for somebody's life. And it's, man, you, you, you always say that's never going to happen. <laughs> yeah, right. It happens a lot. It happens a lot, and you have finally got to come with grips of, I cannot do these things because they are going to permanently affect my life in a very bad way. He's got so much money. Hire a driver. You want to drink? Yeah. Sit in the back of the car and drink. Yeah, I it's crazy. I said this. Yeah, I said this the morning I found out. Um, I think it was what Tuesday morning or Wednesday morning. Anyways, I found out that he, you know, he was. I said, look, I look at, I look at people who don't who get DUIs and DWIs, like the same people that asked me for a fucking ride to the airport. You guys are assholes because Man. those Especially with what we have now, we have, it's at the, it's at your fingertips. You can buy a car. I, I can't imagine a Uber ride from wherever he lives in, in Albuquerque to his home from whatever bar he was at cost more than like 12 to 15 bucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's all this stuff didn't need to happen. It's so quick no. and easy. Lyft, None of it. Uber, you know, uh, Tesla loop, all those things, they're all available to you at your fingertips. There's no reason for you not to, to hit, you know, just hit the button and be like, look, 12 bucks, I'm home, no big deal. You know, you can leave anytime you want. You don't have to worry about your car being there overnight. I just, I look and the people that ask you for rides from the airport, assholes. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> in this day and age, unless it's like like my grandma. I only did it something. twice with you. Yeah, right. And, uh... <laughs> um. Look, I, I think the big the biggest thing that I had taken away from this when I first saw it is I think when he hits 38, 39, I don't know if he is going to go to jail, then he is. I, I can't imagine him going God, longer I hope than, not, but I, oh, I, he's going to go. You think so? On, on this? Guaranteed. Yeah. Guaranteed. He's going to have time that he is sitting in a cell. Yep. Yeah, I, I want to say just, just what is it called? Discharging a firearm in city limits just alone, right? Is what, 40, a minimum of, I think, 60 or 90 days? 90 days. 90 days, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I I got in trouble for the same thing when I was a minor. You know, I discharged a firearm yeah. in city limits. And since I was a minor, they gave, it, was a, it was a 60 day thing, I think. But they gave me uh, 45 days. It yeah. was like, and you're, it's like, I can't imagine him being an adult not getting more than that, if that, you know, and, 
It's not going to sit on the sidelines. I think six months. I, they'll probably give him six months to. I can't imagine them giving him a year. No, I, I don't think. But it, it it doesn't matter the amount of time. Yeah, it's you created this for no reason. Mm -hmm. You're better than this. When you when you do the fight game, you show how good you are. You're you are the yin and yang when it comes to your life and your fight ability. You know, you are a, you're a world champion, okay, in the cage. Outside of the cage, you're an absolute loser. Yeah. You, are, you just lose at life because you hold a belt. Being a champion is someone like, you know, guys that do things right, the George St. Pierre's. Now, that doesn't mean that George can't make a mistake. No. That doesn't mean that he can't do something that someone goes, oh, that was wrong. Of course he can. He's human. But he learns from the mistake and tries to make himself a better person off of it. And when you continuously put yourself in a position where you're showing everyone, you actually think you're just better. You actually think that you can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. You actually show that you don't care. That's where you go, man, you, you've just lost. You've lost sight of what's important. And eventually, somewhere along the line, it's going to hit him. You know, I often wonder, like, because he lives in Albuquerque, if he lived in, like, L.A. or New York, I, I'd often wonder if it'd be worse or if it'd be better. The only reason why I say is because, yeah, I know, I know. But in, this yeah, sm know in a, you, in a small town atmosphere, they think they can get people like his stature think they can get away with anything. But in New York, and they wouldn't think that because no one's a. It just is such a big city. They're used to dealing with fucking mega superstars. They don't have yep. to deal with you. You're just a, an athlete. that's going to be your time will be come and go. Um, I, he's going to be looking at himself in six months, whether he's in jail or whether he's out, and thinking to himself, "Fuck, how much money I've fucking lost with all the time I've spent with strip titles." Um, oh being God. suspended for dick pills, whatever you want to call it, steroids, dick pills, <laughs> whatever. I just, I don't want to, uh, the last thing I want to do is even make it, like talk negative about him. It just gets upsetting. Like you said, it's not even so much being negative. The hard facts are this. He is an athlete that is what? 32, 30, 32, 32, 32. You know, by the time he gets back on track after all of this, because I doubt they will fight him during this time. He'll be 34. Yeah, he'll be 30, like, yeah, yeah, close to 34. He has maybe two to three years left. Maybe two to three years. At 37 years old, 38 years old, he's going to be, he's going to slow down, especially if he's in jail, inactivity. His body will not be getting the work that it needs to keep progressing and get better or stay where it is. He just, and you and I feel like this as well. His last couple performances haven't been great. So it's no, I'll are, tell you what, are we getting the same the John Jones? Wishing, is the UFC wishing that Dominic Gray has won that fight now? Yeah. Are they wishing they had different judges? <laughs> I don't I don't I don't know if they're wishing that, but I also think that Santos will be back soon and he's already requested the Dominic Reyes fight, and it makes That's sense. It's a perfect fight. Do it's, it. it's a perfect fight. You get those two guys and you get Anthony Smith right up in the tail of them, yep. right behind him. You've got three good guys that are entertaining and fun to watch. That can just keep fighting each other versus and just you got one. Yon. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Sorry, Peter Yon. Uh, not Peter Yon. Um, <laughs> Bla- Blocko- a little bit difference in size. Yeah, Blockowitz, uh, Blockowitz right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Blahovich is what it's. I think is what it's called. Yeah, it is Blahovich. It That's is Blahovich. Okay. Blahovich. We, I always say Blockowitz also because. Uh, I know. Yeah, because that's the way I, I pronounce it. I read it like, a, like yeah. an Irishman, English, Blahovich, whatever. Yeah. Um, you've got those. You got Polish those. Language. You've got those four guys that are in the mix, man. You got the four guys. Yeah. Who knows? We may even see DC drop back down to two hundred five. Oh God! No, there I'm you go. Kidding. I knew you were gonna say I'm that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> he couldn't make. Dude, he didn't have to cut no off way. both legs. Fuck, he's so big right now. He's like two fifty two or I don't know. He's, like, he's, he's somewhere. He, you're he's lying. He might be two sixty. Two fifty two. He might be two sixty. He he lost the two fifties before the coronavirus. Oh jeez. <laughs> I mean, I, I was I I, I wouldn't say I was encouraged by hit by this the article that I sent you, um, talking about it, it would maybe get dropped or dismissed. You could they they I know I know you're shaking your head no, no way but you, you could say there's an argument like hey he's been locked up in his house for two weeks hasn't been able to really train da, 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 like you know and they, people have been talking about the mental aspect of being locked up I'm just. I'm giving both sides. That's go all ahead. I'm doing. Go ahead. I'm, I'm just going to laugh. You got to leave me alone, John. I'm, Come I'm, on. I'm letting you so go, here. baby. Just John coming from a blow. police background. He's like, there's you're, no fucking way they're going to let this go. I, I, I'm having a hard time seeing the difference. You know, you're looking a lot like Chael Sonnen. Oh, right no. <laughs> I get so much shit for giving, always giving him a hard time for John Jones and other guys. So and, now you're you know, trying to be Mr. No, Softy? No, I'm not yeah. trying to be soft. I'm not trying to give him too much of my wind, given that it, I've already said all the negative things I can say about him, you know, and I don't think that it needs to be repeated. He's he's obviously going through a hard time, not just um through this, just in life. He can't seem to make decisions that will benefit him in his long term, you know. And I believe he's got kids, correct? Yes, you know? he's got multiples, you know. And so he's got multiple kids. And it's, the sad thing is, is, you know, he's going to look back. I think when he gets older and realize that his career was so short, he could have been he could have made so much fucking money. We could have potentially seen if he ever had wanted to. That what what he did, what Conor McGregor did. If it, oh, the yeah. way he walked through walks through people, we could have seen him fight boxers because boxers would have wanted to fight him because he was such a big fucking name. He just he just didn't do it, and it's it's so upsetting. You know, like there's guys that um like in the NFL that had problems after they got done, and I can understand that. But to yeah. have to have it always going on while you're competing doesn't make sense. Like Lawrence Taylor was fucking one of the if not the best what dn's you know for football and uh, he's he's the best yeah he's the best and, but then you know after he got done he just had issues you know um you know drug addiction and some personal well look you know look at look at I ray was, lewis yeah look at ray lewis all right people don't remember because he changed but when ray lewis came out of the university of miami he was a disaster he had all his buddies that were all bunch of thugs mm-hmm. And ended up at the Super Bowl. He wasn't in the Super Bowl. That they ended up killing people. Wow. And then what did they do right away? They started to roll on Ray, yeah. who had who didn't leave the car, but they started rolling on Ray because what trying to save their own skin. And Ray Lewis said, "Whoa, man!" The the lights went on, and he said, "I have got to change. I got to get rid of these people that are around me. I only have to have certain people." And I'm going to change my, and he did. He changed his life. He still was one of the greatest linebackers that ever played the game. And he made it to where people loved him because of the way he approached the game, the way he played the game, the way he showed himself in the community. That's what you would expect when you have that 
moment where you go, oh, I got to change. John's had those moments. He's had multiples, and he still has not changed what he's doing. He believes that it's okay if I do this. It's not. With Ray though, that was that could have been life changing. Where he'd been out for life, he could have been out for life oh, yeah. for twenty years, ten years, whatever it is. He would never play football again because no one would take a chance on him when he got out. John hasn't had that scenario type thing happen yet. Had somebody Not that he's died? Been caught for. Yeah, but somebody had somebody died in that car accident where the pregnant woman had yeah. broke her arm, or one of the two girls in the Bentley. If somebody would have got seriously, yeah, if somebody have seriously got injured, and he would end up doing like three or four years in jail. I think we would have seen a different person when he came out. I think we would have seen, and they would have taken a chance on it. I think anybody would have taken a chance on him, given that he was still young. He's only 32 I'm all now. about giving someone a, a second chance. Yeah. Okay. I'll even give you a third chance. It's when you've gone past that. Yeah. No, what I'm saying is that I, I, he I needed a life-changing moment to happen. Right now, yeah. I'm telling you right now, if he ever comes back and he ever fights, don't ask me about the fight because I will not watch it. Yeah. I'm not going to watch one more of his fights. Not going to do it. I don't care about him. I don't. I. He just has shown he has no regard for the sport of MMA, for the other athletes, and what he does to taint the image of people that have worked very hard to make this what it is. You know what's what's crazy is the fact that when the <laughs> The UFC got with with ESPN that ESPN very rarely covered anything. They covered the Conor McGregor and Mayweather thing yeah. because Mayweather was so big and Conor was, you know, they were. Or they covered John Jones in DC. John Jones, DC. But very rarely. I Had they not covered, had they not signed with ESPN, I don't know if this would even be on ESPN. The talking conversation of him getting, like, you know what I mean? But the fact it's is, all over it now. this could be a problem. For the ES for for UFC working with ESPN because now they cover the sport in depth like everything it doesn't matter so and so is back in Russia so and so left his camp you know like Kel you know, uh, Khabib Khabib left uh, San Jose to go back to Russia and you know and like they they were finish talking camp, about it yeah, yeah finish camp yeah. they were talking about it and I'm just like thinking to myself man like the the relationship between them. It may be, it may backfire. It may backfire with things if if fighters that act like this. Good thing there's not a lot of them that do things like no, this. There's not. Good thing. No, you know? and that's the whole thing. You know, thank God for the most part, ninety nine point nine percent of our yeah. you know athletes, we got some great people out there doing some great things. Let's talk about them. But no, we have people that do things time and time again to put themselves in a position where they look bad and they end up making the sport look bad. Yeah. Because they're the biggest name, you know. The, he is one of the biggest names in the sport, no doubt about it. But yeah. I'm done. I'm done talking about him. Right. Done. Done all the way. Well, okay, I'm out. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he called me yesterday, Dave. He called me yesterday. He's like, yeah. He's like, you know. So when do you want to talk about this John Jones thing? I was like, all right, tomorrow morning. I was like, I was not going to give it a whole lot of. Yeah, what, uh, what he told me is, I'm not saying anything. I know. You can say it because everyone says that I just mm. always bash on John. <laughs> uh, to, well, to put it in like comes, a very simple a very simple way, John Jones is like is like that chick on Instagram who posts all the positive quotes, but really in reality, she's a bitch and she just talks shit about everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, think you might John be right Jones there, is. Dave. Yeah. yeah. 
That's so funny. All right. Uh, was there? What else was there? Um, fan questions. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. So before we start this, the fan questions. Um, I want to remind you guys, please. Let's try and get that uh, thumbs up on the YouTube. Thousand likes. Um, if we can get that. He's he's he needs to Dave needs to slow it. I'm trying to get a thousand likes this week. We've we've already done that several times. We just want to make sure that uh we want to try to get to a thousand likes um within the next day or two. If we can try to do that, that'd be great. I appreciate that means that our video is being shared uh a lot faster uh for everyone. And I'd like to try and get that hit while it's still fresh out on the on the uh on the YouTube channel. So also hit the subscribe buttons on all your platforms. Uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, uh, all those other uh, platforms, iTunes especially, and Spotify, iHeartRadio. All right, so thanks, guys. All right, Dave, you ready for some fan questions? Yes. Um, Maharshin Sharma asks, what should Nate Diaz do next? Should he stay at 170? That's the question. Yeah, <laughs> that's the question. I, I, okay. think, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna stay there. I think he also will go up and down based on who the opponent is. He'll go wherever the money is. So if the if the better money fight is at 155, he'll go there. If the better money fights at 170, he'll go there. He prefers the fights at one at 170, obviously. He doesn't have to worry he's about tall. cutting away. He's tall. He's 6'2", I think is what he is. He's yeah. tall, long, lanky. His body style is for that. He just physically, he's not strong, so I think that's where he, he's going to have a hard time with. He's not physically strong at 155, no, and he's not. not physically strong at 170, no. and he doesn't win off of physical no, strength. No, no. So, no, I just think okay. at I think at 170, the physical strength though plays more of a factor than it does at 155 <clears throat> because yeah. the length and the reach that he can utilize against guys at 155 because they're shorter in stature and normally not is is strong is to get in and hold and grip and hold. I don't know. That's just my feeling. I feel like at 170, he's going to have a hard time with guys like Usman. I'm not that he's going to get to them, but you know, even T wood, uh, those kind of guys, I actually wouldn't mind seeing a Steven Thompson and, and uh, Nate Diaz fight. I think because of the length, well, the reach, the range, the kickboxing based, he has a hard time with, but based off of, you know, Nate's last fight against Masvidal, he was going sideways. Like he was getting hit to the body so much that it was hurting him. Yeah. And he was doing, he was going sideways and throwing sidekicks out just like, yeah. you know, Steven Thompson, but he's, um, he's a guy that he, people think he doesn't hit hard. He does when he oh, plants yeah. his feet. Yep. All right. But he, but as you say, when he's going against the one seventies, because Masvidal was a was a good indicator. He hit Masvidal a couple of times, really good. Now, I'm not saying that he was winning the fight or anything like that. In fact, I think the you know we went back and we're watching recently the the second round of that, and the real question is: Is it a ten eight round for Masvidal over Diaz? And when you watch a good video of it, because I was watching a bad, but you watch a good video of it, he gets hurt. Four times in that round, badly, badly, and three of them were really to the body. Mm-hmm. And he was, you know, putting his hands on his knees and you know trying to get air at times and stuff. But it was his inability to make Masvidal stop. He hit Masvidal one time where he, you saw him, it froze Masvidal, mm-hmm. and so he shows that he still has that power, you know. But the power that that one fifty fiver started to get hurt by and having to back off. The 170 is standing there taking that shot and then coming forward with more. And so mm-hmm. it's a tougher fight. You know, when he's fighting Connor, Connor is, you know, not a real big guy either. And so, you know, Masvidal, when he's, eh, let's say he's 185 when he walks in the cage, 
something like that, we'll say. So he's fighting a big guy, and and the power translates less as that weight goes up. But yeah. I, I think he's going to do exactly what you said. If the fight is there for him at 155, he'll take it. Yeah. If the fight is there for him at 170, he'll take it. Just depends on who it is and how much he can make. Yeah, I'm under the impression, I would think that the only likely oppo- next opponent for Conor McGregor would be Nate, and they'd, be, they'd probably fight at 170. I think that would be the only logical uh, fight Yeah, for because him. the first two are at 170 yeah. also. And then, and then not only that, but then he, the chances of Conor winning are very high. Um, they're they're going to be, it's still going to be a really, really tough fight. It's going to be a long fight. Um, but it's a good chance also for them to cap, uh, finish up that trilogy and make a ton of money off of it. The UFC yep. can make a ton of money off of it. And their end they game should. is Nate will always be a draw. It doesn't matter, you know, but if, if, Connor keeps losing, he won't be as much of a draw to the point where it takes him to that, you know, one, you know, a million and a five, million, six, million, seven. Nate's, I don't think Nate's at that level of, you know, a, a, you know, a million, two million, three views, but million five to two million views is kind of what they're looking at. That they with Connor, they they get that those kind of numbers almost every time. Every time, yeah. And if he loses, they start losing those numbers. They get him down to where Nate's numbers will be, and that's not what they want. But they would rather have Nate, the two of them, fight, knowing that Nate they can build on still for pay per view numbers if he wins. And with Connor, if he wins, cool, it just keeps going towards the the Khabib rematch, you yeah. know. Um, I I don't I, I would like to see. I think that fight makes sense for them to do and to. But here I am playing matchmaker for the UFC, and and uh, and I'm sure that Dana's sitting around just listening to me, thinking, you know, I'd love to have sure that fight happen. But sure I, I I think that's the I think that's honestly the fight to make. A lot of people were talking about Justin Gaethje and uh, and um, and uh, Connor, but it's, I don't think it's gonna happen, man. I just don't think. You don't, I, huh? And I think and I think Connor wins anyways. I think Connor beats so him. I. I think easier than he beats um, Nate. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Just different the style, style matchup. He, yeah, what Justin does, and I love Justin Gaethje. He's Me too. Phenomenal, but he is he's picture perfect the way he, the way he fights and how he comes forward. Yeah, picture perfect for Connor. Yeah, it's it, it just it's a hard style matchup. Very hard style. Yep, yeah. precise punching, precise, just so on point with where he lands his target. Connor does, and Justin's very there, accurate. Justin's there to get hit. You know, like he'll take yep. two to give one, and just not ideal. And he's been wa- he's been wobbled by a lot of guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But well, my, uh, Michael Johnson, right? If, oh Michael yeah, Johnson, Dustin Poirier, Eddie Alvarez. <laughs> he told me uh, I did that, Michael Johnson, because that was his his first fight in the UFC. Yes, and he he gets wobbled bad in the first round. Yeah, and then he get, he does the stanky leg up on his toes. And yeah, kind of, in the second, right and. I, he ends up finishing Michael yep. in that second near the end, right? And so, you know, I raise his hand. He looks, he goes, he says, hey, thanks for doing it. I said, hey, that was a great fight, man. I said, very impressed that, you know, when you were hurt, how you got through that. He goes, I was never hurt. <laughs> I was like, you need to go back and watch. Gosh, man. <laughs> I was never hurt. Uh, I was never hurt. Hey, he's yeah. definitely got a winning personality, man. And Yeah, he does. He, he seems like He's a, awesome. He seems like a very nice guy. He's awesome. I had met him a couple of years back, I think, in, when he was with the PFL. Not, what was it called? World Series of Fighting. World Series of Fighting. Yeah, man. he was with the World Series of Fighting back then. I met him. He seemed like a very nice kid. Very nice kid. Uh, yeah. Next question, Dave. Uh, me, 
Fractals asks a uh, question for Big John. <laughs> um, <laughs> after the first round of the Chuck versus Tito one, TOT shoved you after jumping in at the bell. I rewatched this fight today and never realized he did that. I was wondering if you remembered that or was it lost in the heat of the moment? Love the show, guys. Thanks. All right. Truth of the matter is, I learned something really important off of that moment in the fight. And if you'll, if you notice. From that point, you're going to see all kinds of referees now, especially in, in MMA. At the end of the round, 10 seconds, you hear that clap of the boards. And I started pointing towards that timekeeper based upon that fight. And it was because when that round was coming to an end is when Chuck all of a sudden exploded and started throwing stuff at Tito. But I had heard that clap of the boards, and I knew that there was 10 seconds left, and so I always started counting back in my head, you know, 10, 9, 8, 7, just so I would know when to get close and when to come in between them. But Chuck went after Tito, and the crowd erupted to the point where I got to 1-0, and you couldn't hear anything. And it, at the time, they had the little, they have the horn, eh, you don't hear it. So I go one, zero, one. And I came in and I stopped the round. Well, Tito didn't hear the bell either. He didn't hear the horn. And he thought I stopped the fight on it. Uh, I didn't at the time know that he pushed me. You know, you know, you get bumped and jostled all the time. Yeah. You know, when Roy, Roy Nelson, you know, ended up coming in and kicking me. I had no idea. You know, you get, you get bumped all the time. It's like, you don't even think about it. And I didn't even know that Tito pushed me at the time. Until my wife said, he goes, he pushed you. Why, why did Tito push you? I go, he didn't push me. She goes, yes, he did. Mm -hmm. And and so I go back and I watch it. Oh, well, this is why. I was saying. Anyway, he thought I stopped the fight on him when it was just the end of the round. So I learned something really valuable off of it because after that, every time I would point to the timekeeper. And the reason I would point to him is that would tell the timekeeper that, yes, I did hear that 10-second mark because I had told them, if I don't point in your direction – Make sure that you hit them again loud until I do point. And you'll see most referees now, when you see them with that little point at the end, that's what they're doing. They're signaling to the timekeeper saying, yes, I heard it. And so they're not, they know that the 10 seconds is there. If they don't point most of the time, if they've talked to the timekeeper, you're going to hear those clackers go off again. Yeah. I recall that I had refed a couple fights uh, that were here locally in San Jose. Yes. And yeah, it was I was a special guest referee. A couple kickboxing matches and a couple MMA matches. And until you're in there, you have no idea how much shit is going on. Hello. You know? And you, you got <laughs> people, you, people think they know. Yeah, you gotta tip your hat off to the referees. I mean, except for the ones that miss headbutts, but you gotta tip your hat off to them. <laughs> like it, there is a ton, John. There's a ton, you know. And I like to give oh, you yeah. a hard. I love to give you a hard time about the headbutt with ah, the tree. Dude, that's why I love you. But I love, I love, I love, I understand, and I appreciate all the referees, um, you know, because there's so much that goes on. I mean, there's just you're looking for everything. You want to make sure you don't miss a submission that could hurt somebody. And I know they come on fast. There's that. You want to make sure that 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 fighter's not taking one extra shot that he doesn't need to take. You know, you see, yep. you see guys that get dropped and they're just like a tree just falling. And then the guy goes to follow up. I mean, Dan Henderson and Bisbing. I mean, oh. who did that fight? Mario Yamazaki. So it's like 
could have got there a little sooner, but yeah, it's, was, it's one of those moments. So, right. I John, don't blame him on that. Yeah. One. Dan was already in the air. <laughs> it was yeah, like, no you know what I mean? If you jump in yeah. between there, you might be dead too. It just was one of those some, like situation. I get it. I'm just saying though, but that's the type of fight I'm talking about where the guy hits the ground. And he's obviously out. There's no yeah. need to follow up. You're just guys. Nope. I've seen Mark Hunt, Mark Hunt's knock guys out and just like looked at him and he turns around and walks Mr. away. Mr. Walkaway. I love yeah, him. Mr. Walkaway. Mr. You know, Walkaway. you got, you got, you like those guys, you know, sometimes yeah. you like those guys, you know, but then I watched Classy. the other, I watched the other night. I watched Martin Campman versus Hendricks and I'm like, oh. Ooh, brutal, but he didn't, he got kind of hit with a second shot a little bit. Very, like very grazed him, but still it was like one of those shots. Hendricks didn't need to follow up. There was no reason for it. Could have been Mr. Walkoff himself. You yep. know what I mean? So there's there's scenarios. There's so much that goes on in a fight. Like you, I didn't even think about the 10 second bell of looking at you know and then counting down in your head. I just think in my my mind, like, okay, 10 seconds, okay, all right, that's five. Okay, I think we're getting close. Okay, here. <laughs> I didn't even think like 10, 9, 8. You know, as you're watching and you're still trying to watch the action, there's a lot to process yeah, yeah. in there. You know, um, you know, those are those people that are at home. Like they've been sending me since the since I did the Rogan show. People have been sending me, um, you know, uh, messages saying, "Hey, how do you, you know, like I'm, I'm, I want to get into broadcasting. I want to get into being an analyst, isn't that?" I said, "One of the first things you guys got to remember is that it's not just talking." It's also talking while people are talking to you in your ear. You know, <laughs> that's I said, mother, man. Eh, that's such, <laughs> you can't stop your flow. You've got to keep going. And there's a couple of times where I've caught myself going and uh, uh, because they're talking to me in my ear, you know? Yep. And so there, there's a lot. And like when with referees, you're talking about counting down backwards in your head while you're watching, you know, at that moment with Chuck and Tito, that yep. moment's so action packed and the crowd's yes, fucking going is. crazy. And you're going 10, nine, eight. Let me just tell you, it's not easy, guys. It's not. And so, John, I got to say, over all these years, you did a, f a fabulous job, except for that one fight. But you did a good <laughs> job. <laughs> you did a great I job, know. buddy. You I did know. a great job. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> um, what's next? Next is from Ethan Cohen, and he asks, who should Saron fight next and at 155 or 170? I feel like he's the same. He's the same way as Nate. They go where the money is. Like you, you fought Connor. You didn't have the showing you wanted. You got paid pretty well. Um, you know the speculation. He got paid like two or three million. He just I, said it. It's a, yeah. Fight whoever. I feel like go where the money. Fight, fight Nate. Yeah, that's true. That's a great fight. Look, would everything is about some, you know, it's, it, not everything's about wins and losses. And both of those guys, Donald Cerrone, mm -hmm. Nate Diaz. It's not about wins and losses with them. They both have a lot of losses. Yeah. But do you want to see them fight? Here's yes, the thing. why? They've already fought, Because they though. come to fight. They've yeah, I fought. know, and it was fantastic. It was one-sided. It was one-sided. I, you know, I admit that. It, I admit that, but that just goes to that point where can Donald change what he did in that fight to make it to where... He's not eating the shots he was eating. I agree with you that Donald could make the fight a lot more interesting and potentially win. I still think he could potentially win. Of course I do. Um, mm -hmm. But in Nate's mindset, why would I take that fight? I've already like basically walked through you. In, in Nate's mind, yeah, I don't know if the UFC is willing to pay that <laughs> amount of money, though. That's they the might thing. not. They might not. With the Connor fight, Nate's on board because he knows that there's a lot more that comes oh, with yeah. it. Oh, yeah. 
you know, not just the win over Connor, but there's a lot more things that come with it, you know? And so I could see that fight potentially happening more so than I could see the Cerrone. But I do agree. I, I, I absolutely would love to see the two of them fight again. I think from Nate's mind, though, it doesn't make sense. From Cowboy's mind, it does make Good sense because he'd like yeah. to get that fight back. That's one and sure. two. Is he'd like to try and get back on the winning track and get somebody that's, that he's already fought, you know, and get his double win column for him if he wins, you know? So, yeah, that, I'm definitely interested in that fight, but I don't think from Nate's point of view, I don't think it's worth it for him to take that chance he'd rather fight try to fight someone like connor he's well, he, he's I, always not, looking everyone would rather fight someone like connor but i could course. see him potentially fighting money. yeah i could see him potentially fighting somebody else as well you know up it's i don't know i wouldn't say stephen thompson but somebody else that's closer to the title shots that's where he wants to be that's where he always wants to be one fight away I, if i fight a tough guy i'm one fight and i win i'm one fight away from a title shot that's kind of where he's always kind of wanted to be him and his brother both they did that for years Here's one for you, for Donald Cerrone, and it would be at 155, is Michael Chandler is going to fight Benson Henderson coming yes. up. But he's this is his last fight on his contract, and he's 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 going to go. You think There's so? not a doubt in my mind. Yeah. You know, until he figures, figures out that he's not going to make the same money. But he's going to try to take that chance. And it always seems that the UFC uses Donald Cerrone to welcome people <laughs> in the lightweight. <laughs> Just like Eddie Alvarez when he went over, Donald Cerrone was his first fight. So yeah. here's a fight in the lightweight. Put Donald Cerrone against Michael Chandler. That would be a good fight. Yeah. Yeah. You think he's going to go? I do. I do. This time, I think he's gone. Here, I think he will leave. He will get more money for his first contract. After that, they'll go back to his to the, what they normally do. Normal yeah. contract stuff. Yeah, but you know, you're back to sixty and sixty unless he, versus unless he unless he unless he wins. Yeah, if he continues to win, he'll he'll continue on a rise, and if he doesn't, then he'll. Yeah, but the money won't the money won't be even on the continue on the rise. The money won't be, it won't exceed a certain amount of money because that's what they do with their their contracts. Their contracts yeah. are always like, yeah. hey, we don't care if you're in the top two or three, you may not be here next week. So this is what we pay, and that's kind of what. And it's a smart business plan by them. I got to give them credit. Oh, it's it's smart. You know, as as the promotion, it's a great business model for you to go by. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I just yeah, I, I don't I don't see him leaving. I just my personal. You don't, huh? No, I don't. Yeah. I mean, it might be good for him. I think I think it's he needs a change of scenery. I mean, yeah. possibly, but I mean, I don't I don't see him leaving though. Just to be honest. Okay, we're gonna bet a dinner on this. No, one. I'm not betting you on that. Come on! <laughs> no, I'm not, no, I'm not betting you on that. I tried to bet my paycheck against you last uh, night. My wife slapped. <laughs> She said, "You don't have the she, you don't have the authority." She doesn't tell you. You don't have the authority to bet your page. <laughs> She's like, "Honey, I, I'm at. I've already spent that on Amazon." <laughs> uh, that's it, dude. What's next? Uh, Mo asks, "Do you have to run to build good cardio?" <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, you should, but no, yeah. no. Uh, look, one of the guy, one of the guys that I. I credit a lot of my conditioning from was from Javier, but then was uh, Frank Shamrock. Frank talked to me and I, I he's Hav says that he came up with the program. Marie Smith said he came up with the program regardless. <laughs> somehow I got trickled down and Frank used it and Frank showed it to me is I, I very, I ran three days a week because I love to run, but there was moments where I had hurt my foot in camps and stuff and I couldn't run. So on the elliptical, there's just the elliptical with no arms. You can use the one with arms as well. They just kind of get in the way. Yeah. I use the one with no arms right. and I would do segments of minute long sprints and minute, re like not rest, but still yep. cruising. No, keep, keep yeah, in mind. You br you br bring that, that tempo down from yes. 
200 steps a minute down into 140. Yeah, and I would escalate when I would sprint. I would I would put the uh, the resistance up resistance to like up to like 11 or 12. So then I was pushing hard for the whole minute. You would be sprinting as hard. That's it. <laughs> Says the guy who can do a couple walking lunges. Oh jeez. Uh, I said he got tired of walking to the fridge the other day. His wife texted me, "What did you do to my husband?" Anyways, um. Yeah, so I would do that. I'd do a minute on, minute off, and I would do that for 40 minutes straight. And then there was other ways I would do it. I started breaking it up a little bit. I would do 22 minutes straight, but I would do minute sprints with 20-second rest, minute sprints with 20-second rest. So I would do those as well. That usually came closer to my fight. Um, but normally I love to run. I would do the bike. I would do the the um, Aerodyne bike, the assault bike. Yep. All back. I would do that three days a week sometimes, and I would run the other three days, you know, because I would do cardio six days a week. To me, conditioning was always the most important thing because my brain worked better and processed everything better and faster in learning from my coaches on the mitts and everything, um, the better shape I was in. And so if I was always trying to get my breath, I couldn't hear what they would say. If you, I've learned over the years when people would, when I'm holding mitts for people that are just normal people, mom and pop people, right? And I used to hold, do private lessons. I would hold mitts for them. And they would always stop and say, okay, what'd you say? Would you, what, what was that? One, one, two, two, one. I always thought they were stalling. They were confused. But there was a couple times during camp where I was, I couldn't hear my, I couldn't hear my coach over my own breathing because I was fucking so winded. That's called you know, auditory exclusion. You know why it happens? Why? When, when your heart rate gets above 145 beats per minute, your body starts to do certain things as survival. Mm -hmm. And one of the things it does is it starts to take your vision and it closes your vision in. And it starts to take your auditory, your ears, and starts to shut them down and off. That's just what what it's called, and that's why you weren't hearing them. Wow! Look at the big brain on big John. Look McCart. at the big brain on Brad, baby. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I thought they just called you Big John for your big arms, but I guess it's the big brain. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I I noticed that, and when I noticed that, that was um, I always told myself, look, when I come into camp and I start training hard, I want to make sure that I'm in pretty good shape before I actually start doing mitt work and sparring and all that stuff. <laughs> You know, I yeah. would always come in and, and train with the guys on a nonstop basis, but, you know, getting in fight shape is different than just being in casual every day, you know, training shape with the fellas. You know, I could always do it, but I could always take a round off if I wanted. Um, in fight camp, I always try to come in in shape and you wanted to do as least amount of damage to your body as possible in those first couple of weeks of getting your body, your heart rate up. So when I would do those sprints, minute on, minute off, I would get my heart rate up to, you know, 170, 180 if I could. You know, sometimes it would be in that 70 to, you know, to 85 range, you know, it fluctuate in there for those minute long sprints, minute break, just cruising. Then as I got in better shape, I started adding my hypoxico mask. So I started doing, uh, <laughs> yeah, I started doing sprints with a hypoxico mask on and I would start escalating them. I always had to be in shape before I started using that, before I started using the mask. Cause if I didn't. I would start getting, like you said, like my, my, I would get tunnel lightheaded. Yeah. I get lightheaded. I'd be on the pre-core and start. So I had to make sure that my body of two weeks of do, running and doing sprints on the, on the pre-core or the elliptical that I did two weeks of that first before I even started getting into my camp. Then I jumped into my camp. I started using my hypoxico mask, started doing the sprints minute on minute off. And the last two weeks I would do minute sprints with 20 to 30 second rest the last two weeks before my camp. So I had a program that, that I wish, but that I use, 
But a, a lot of times I would end up kicking or something or kneeing something and it would hurt and I'd have a bump or a bruise and something that hurt to run. And so I said, well, to avoid injuries, whatever it was, I would just use the pre-core or the assault bike in transition for that. But yes, you can get to answer your question. Uh, short answer. Yes, you yes. can get in shape without without running. <laughs> you need people people need to figure out as as simply running is a very easy thing as far as you can do it anywhere. Yeah. It doesn't take any equipment. You know, it takes a pair of shoes, you know, depending on what kind you want to wear, but running comes, you know, in combat sports, boxing. Look in the early days, they didn't have ellipticals and things like that. They had a couple of, you know, machines that they running was the way the person got into cardiovascular condition. Yeah. Now, now there's too many things out there. You don't have to run, but you definitely have to train. Yeah. No, I agree. It's funny. I just, uh, this whole quarantine thing, like people were talking about, they don't have treadmills at home. They don't, they don't want to run outside. You know, I'm like, you can run outside. Well, hey, hold on. If you see the people with their tile floors putting oil on, yes, on I was, the floor. Yes, that's where I was going with it. <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> I was I like, you don't that. need that stuff. Pour some oil or soap or whatever on your floor and, zing, 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 and zing. just start running. Just hold the counter and start sprinting. Go, go, go. Anyways, I thought it was fucking phenomenal That's idea. awesome. Hilarious. And I, I figure if you use soap, right, you just put a towel down afterwards and, and wipe it up. At least you have a clean area on your floor. Perfect. You cleaned it. It's awesome. Brilliant idea. Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, okay, what's next? Next. Um, Clinton Waldron asks, tips to fighters that have issues controlling their emotions in the cage. For example, Cody Garbrandt is amazingly talented, but once he gets hit, he gets emotional and gets into a brawl, abandoning the game plan, which often costs him his fights. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Good that, point. That's called, it's called maturity. Yeah, it's fighter right It's IQ. called maturity. And look, at we talked exactly what Josh is saying. <clears throat> All the time, I talk to guys, or I talk you know, when we're doing fight. we do not fight mad. People get this idea because of what they have personally experienced when it comes to fighting that someone, you know, in the schoolyard, in the bar, whatever it is, you know, come and they push them and then the person has to respond in some way, or they decide, cause this is fight or flight. They're going to move away and try to get away from this, or they're going to confront it. And they have these things that happen to them. One is adrenaline. Adrenaline starts to course through their body. Two is they usually are either one of two things, a little scared or a little mad. And you start to fight being mad. The most important element you have as far as fighting is your brain. Okay. You could have a pretty crappy, you know, chassis and have a really good brain as far as knowing what to do. You're going to do very well in a fight. Or you could have an incredible chassis and bad brain. You're not going to do well because... When you fight mad, you make big mistakes. And those are the things that people take advantage of. So fighting mad is never smart. It's not something you want to do. And it's something you actually learn, you train yourself into when you get hit. Because a lot of times guys, you know, they don't want to, they, they know walking in, I'm going to get hit. But they, when it happens, they get mad. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, I can't, you know, they, they feel like they look bad that that happened. And it's, you just got to tell yourself inside your head, you're going, it's okay. I'll get you back. It's all right. All right. Oh, good one. Yeah, I'll get you. And that's all you're doing. And that's starting to get rid of that anger issue. Anger cannot be part of what you do in a fight. Yeah. I, I give you guys um, the outlook. There was a couple outlooks on well, two of my fights. 
go if you guys have a chance you guys can look up my fight with clay guida where i lost that fight because in the first You're round angry. i got super upset i was fucking fuming i was yelling i was mad at everything i was yelling at my coaches in the corner i was fucking irate just super mad i won't tell you why i just i was upset really really upset and then if you guys go back and watch my first fight with Gilbert Melendez, even my second fight where I lost that fight as well, when I walk out to the cage, it's a different mindset. I'm smiling, I'm laughing, I'm dancing, I'm having a good time. My my, I learned a lot from the Clay Guido fight. I learned that you cannot get upset. You can't, you cannot fight properly when you're mad, when you're upset. Nope. That changed my outlook on everything I did post that fight. In my whole career, I always try to fight with a level head, try to enjoy the moment, try to appreciate the fact that, dude, I'm doing what I fucking love for a living. This is, this is absolutely amazing. I'm a gym rat. I love doing this. There's no reason to be upset. I'm done. When I'm done with this fight, I get paid. I get to enjoy some time off. I get to do whatever the fuck I want. Drink if I want. I can have a beer if I, I can eat whatever the hell I want. <laughs> There's, you know, in your mind, you're thinking like, I get to do all yeah. these things after a fight. Take those two fights, you guys, if you guys have a chance, look them up. The fighter I was in that first fight with Clay Guida versus the fighter I was against Gil in the in the first fight or the even the second fight, whatever with Gil, it just was I was a different person and I fought a different style of fight and it was a lot more clear, clean, and crisp comprehension of what is going on in that cage. All I saw was knock Clay out, flying knees, jumping kicks, everything stupid that you could do potentially to lose the fight. I did with the with the Gil fights. Even though I lost the second one, it was still a very fun. I still felt smart when I was fighting, even though I was losing. There was moments where Gil was just better than me that day. And it just happens, you know, and you, you got to. But it, had I fought the way I fought Clay, that fight would have been over in the first or second round. I got fucking starched. You know, I would have just got, would have gotten annihilated, you know. So it would have been a different fight. If you guys, I'm just giving that example because that's my personal experience of fighting an angry fight and how the outcome was and fighting two fights where... I felt very confident. I felt good. I felt I was not upset. I was fought a very level-headed fight and the outcome was one was very similar, but it was like, Hey, it was still, I was happy yeah. when I left the cage. There you go. Yeah. The outcome may not have been what you wanted, but you had to be pleased with your performance. That's the whole thing. Did I perform as well as I could have? Yes. Yeah. Boom. Can't ask for anything more. Yeah, I mean, because if you look at the first fight with Gil, that that showed it was just so different. The very first shot he tried to t to take me down, and I'm laughing and winking at the camera and having a good time and and you know smiling at people in the crowd like that level of just relaxation it goes a long ways. Because as the fight yep. went on, I, I didn't my body didn't feel as tense and tired. In the clay fight, I was upset and angry the whole time. I felt winded. Didn't matter what I was doing. I felt tired. even yep. in between rounds. I was trying to get my breath. And I just couldn't get my breath. It was just one of those. One of those things. Yeah, you're stressed. Yeah, your your body's just stressing out, and you just can't you can't work can't work that way. Uh, next one. Um, Azan Zaman asks how lo uh, how long do you think people will stay in Bellator? What are your solutions for finding fights for fighters who get ducked? Oh, so how long do I think Pico's gonna stay in Bellator? I think he'll be there for a long time. Long time. Yeah, I think he'll be there for a long time. I think they just re-sign him, do a different type of contract, and he's going to be there for at least, I think, another couple of years, four or five years. Yeah, they've got they, they've invested a lot of time, um, money uh, into him. <laughs> and so he'll be there for a while. There's that. And then, John, maybe you can answer this. I don't really have a solution for fighters that duck other fighters. 
you either fight or you don't. I mean, if you don't want to get paid, then don't get paid. Um, <laughs> I, I can I can tell you, there was certain guys I just did not want to fight because at certain points in my career, I didn't. I was like, this doesn't to me. It didn't make sense. Um, that, that's the question. When yeah. when you're looking, you say there's a difference in when you say ducking a fighter because yeah. a lot of people are going to use that word ducking because you you turn down a fight and that's not ducking no. a fighter. A lot of times you're everyone is looking towards the system in fighting of moving forward towards that championship match. Now, you know, certain elements uh, create situations where that's all you can do. You know, when you do a tournament type format, hey, as you know, you move forward, you know, I'm getting closer to that title fight or my next one is a title fight. So that's just built into it. But there are the ones where, you know, you got to look at promoters are looking to make money. And many times the person who actually deserves that next shot at the title doesn't get it based upon they just don't sell the same way as somebody else. And so when you look, a fighter is looking to say, all right, who is it that's going to put me in the best position to be next in line? Who is it that I'm going to fight? So you want me to fight a guy I'm ranked number four in the world, and you want me to fight a guy who's ranked number 12. What does that do for me? Everyone expects me to be able to beat that person, so when I beat them, it's not going to do anything for me. And if I ended up losing to them, it's going to drop me back so far that it really is going to put a damper on, I've got to now go back and win, we'll say, four or five more fights to put myself back to where I'm at right now. So why am I going to take that fight? So that's a reason fighters will sometimes say, you know, nah, I, I don't want that fight. When you're looking at top people, the only thing, you know, as a fighter, you have you should have the mentality of, hey, this is how I make my living. And on any given day, I can beat anybody here. And on any given day, they could possibly beat me. That's just reality. Yeah. And so you've got to have that in your head. What you want to do is, Try to position yourself into the matchups that most benefit your style, the way that you fight, who you fight well against. Do you fight well against Southpaws? If you fight well against Southpaws and they're going to bring the Southpaw, okay. If you don't fight well against Southpaws, it slows down what you do. Maybe that's not the guy that I want because that guy creates more problems for me as the fighter. But, you know, if someone's just ducking people, you know, that's a person that truthfully the promotion doesn't want, you know, you're creating problems for them because now you're, you're trying to hand pick your opponents. Yeah. They don't need someone that's going to hand pick something. Yeah. The, so I was supposed to fight Pettis for the UFC title and the fight fell through cause he got injured. Then they offered me Kabbalah and they said, okay, you'll be the opening fight on the, on the pre, on the, uh, on the main card. And I was like, he wasn't even that he was ranked like number 15 at the time he was he's ranked number 15 i'm like yeah this fight has i have no interest in fighting this fight i said yeah no. he had i think he had just beaten vince pichelle okay and yeah. i said i have no interest in this fight two big slams yeah you can't you can't give you can't say you're gonna fight for the title and then turn around and try to give me a number 15 guy i was like i've never heard of you i and not saying that i wasn't i'm not saying he, i'm not trying to be disrespectful i had really truly never heard of him and I knew that he was from Russia and I knew and I, and I was training, already training with Islam and, and uh, Khabib. And I was like, oh man, I'm like, 
I don't want to fight either one of them. I, I don't, I don't so know. I don't if know he's, he's related, I don't want him. Yeah, I don't know if he's any good, but I already know that these guys are good. <laughs> They're not even in the top 15 yet. You know, so I started in my mind thinking like, nah, I'm, I think I maybe I'll pass on this. So I passed on that fight. You know, there was other guys. I think there comes a time where it's just, it's a business decision. It you, is. You basically had said that. It's a business decision. So when I turned that fight down, and I said, no, nah, I'm good. I'll just not. I said, you know, let's fight. Let's see if Pettis will be ready to go in a certain amount of time. A couple of weeks, a couple of weeks went by and Joe calls and offers me somebody else. I think he offered me Barboza, who also was not in the top 10 at the time. And I'm like, yeah, I have no interest in that fight. I said, Joe, I, well, I didn't say it. My manager said it. And he's like, you know, Josh wants to fight someone that's, you know, ranked higher than him. So at the time I was ranked number two, I think the only person ahead of me was Benson. I said, I'll fight someone equal with me, you know, or they offered me RDA who was ranked number five. I think at the time I said, I'll take it. So I yeah. took it. I was scheduled to fight RDA. And when I was scheduled to fight RDA, they called and said, you know what? We're going to give RDA so-and-so. We gave him so-and-so, someone else. And they gave me uh, Benson. And I said, even better. I'll take that. So they had switched they it up. RDA Khabib. Did they? Yeah, they gave, they, they gave RDA somebody else. Yeah, they gave RDA yeah. somebody else. Well, you did and him then, a favor, and then <laughs> and then they then they they gave me Benson. So th that was the fight in the path that it took. But it, I was I told Joe, I, my manager told Joe. I said, just tell him no. I want somebody that's around where I'm ranked at, and I'm willing to fight that person. It's a business decision when it comes to a certain point. And at that time, I was like, look, you offered me a title shot and then it got taken away. But I want to make sure that I still stay in that relevant conversation. And so yeah. at that time, it was a business decision. And I, and I understood. Joe said, he goes, well, fine. Josh will be fine sitting on the sideline for six months. And Bob, my manager, told him, he goes, well, Josh is pretty good with his money. So Josh is fine with sitting out until you need him to. <laughs> and so a week, five days went by and they called and offered me RDA. And I said, yes. And so and well, that was... The, 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 the one thing the matchmaker can never get away from yeah. is he's he's trying to make matches with people that are available to him. Yes. But if he has a guy that is in this upper element and is saying, I want other guys in this upper element and upper rung, they can't complain. No. Because they, they know the whole history of, oh, I don't want to fight someone down here. That's not going to do me any good. Yeah. So. Yeah, all it's going to do is hurt you. And like you said, sometimes it'll put you back two yeah. more fights from where you were. Yeah. So yep. if you, if I was to lose to Kabbalah, right, or even Barboza at the time, that would have put me back to like ranking number ten. I would have had to fight two, at least two more times to get up back up to the top positions. And there's no way, man, no way. No, it's a business decision when you hit to that certain point. No different than it was a business decision like when Nate Diaz, the whole oh he tested hot. Yeah, right. He's like, fuck you. It's a business decision. No, I'll pull myself out of the fight before I let you guys smear my name. And it was yep. brilliant. Like, there's just certain things that oh. are, you have to make proper business decisions. And, and, uh, as you're, especially when you get up to that top echelon. Yep. What else, Dave? Next. Uh, next one comes from, uh, uh I thought this was Joseph, but I think it's Joseph P. I don't know. Weird. Uh, he asks um, question. I don't want to tell you how I heard that. Yeah, <laughs> Joseph P. Joseph. Yeah, yeah, Joseph's P. Joseph's P. <laughs> um, he says, question for both you guys. Uh, Jose Aldo said he only needs two weeks of training camp to beat Suhudo. You guys thoughts and prediction for that fight? Thanks. I mean, I don't know, man. It's gonna be tough. Oh, I know. Does he only need two weeks training to beat Henry Cejudo? Oh. Well, if he only does two weeks training to beat Henry Cejudo, <laughs> he will not I'll beat. guarantee you 
he does not beat Henry Cejudo. Okay, so it's a nice statement, and it sounds yeah. good for the press, but no. I think if it's if he loses, he should say, yeah, I only did two weeks. <laughs> I only got a week and a half. I only did a week and a half. That's why I <laughs> if lost. If I had done the full two weeks, I'd have beaten him. I told yeah. you guys. Yeah. So, no, no, I, no yeah. I, I don't I don't I th- I think that he beats Henry Cejudo though regardless I okay. think he beats Henry Cejudo but and again you, MMA math you really yeah. hate doing MMA no math is. but people need to understand first off Henry Cejudo definitely has the best wrestling there is as far as his wrestling ability coming into the cage and he utilizes it well as an MMA fighter in the cage his inside trip is the best. I have ever seen in MMA. It's fast. It's set up well. He takes it multiple directions. He's so good at it. So all he has to do is be able to close that distance and get his hands onto Jose Aldo. Yeah. He's already fought Marlon Marais and smoked him after the first round because he was getting smoked in the first round, let's be honest. Yeah. But from the second round on, just was putting it on Marlon Marais, a guy who Jose Aldo just fought, fought well, but actually lost to. Yeah. So if you think that, you know, Aldo's just going to walk through Henry Cejudo, that is not happening. I'm just telling you. I'm not saying that Aldo cannot beat him. Aldo can beat anyone. He's still that, that good, that skilled, and he's got power. But he's going to have to kick, yeah. unlike he did against Marais, to beat Henry Cejudo. And every time that he kicks, he's putting himself in a position for Cejudo to put him on his back. So he's a that's a tricky fight for him. You know, and, and definitely not, oh, I can I can train for two weeks and beat him. Not gonna happen. Yeah, I I would imagine he's always training. But yeah, I don't I think he needs a full camp to definitely beat Henry. I think he's got all the we've always said he's got all the tools to do it. There's no doubt about that. Um, he's still to me the um, the pound for pound, and like he's the, he's the top the top featherweight that's ever existed. He, I don't oh, think no doubt about take it. Take it away from anyone, you know. Like, um, you know when, when when they were taking that away from him, like, how in the world? I have no this idea. This is a guy that this is a guy that man. He he won the featherweight title, the WEC. Yeah. He's given the title coming into the UFC, but then defends it what ten times? We'll say. Yeah. I mean, Ridiculous. just everybody they could put in front of him. Beat Frankie Edgar multiple times. Look at Chad Mendes. He has been been phenomenal. He yeah, is he's... the best featherweight there's ever been. Now that doesn't mean there's guys that can't beat him. Now that's the way the sport goes. You know, everyone's got their 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 moment, their peak, and they start to decline. Yeah, I think that the with with Marlon Marais, the issue was was the conditioning and the cardio. He expends a ton of energy trying to throw heavy shots, and that cost him against Henry Cejudo. Aldo is a very calm, composed fighter. He stays right in your pocket, and he he's okay with exchanging with you. He's okay with trying to beat you to the punch. He's okay with if we if we see him kick, I think he just adds to his arsenal oh. of all the things that he can do so well. Not even having a kick, like he just changes it up from the top to the bottom to the body kicks to. the all those things he does so well. So if we see him add that in. Yeah. I don't think there's any yeah. doubt whether he wins that fight or not. I think he does win, but I, I think he's going to make it a boxing match where he sprawls and brawls. And that, that right there takes away one of the best weapons. It don't take away your sport. tools. Yeah. In the don't sport. take away your tools, man. Yeah. When people are trying to add tools, this guy's taking them away. He's like, Oh, 
well, you know, let me see if I can make this more difficult on myself. Let me get rid of my best weapon, my kicks. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I, I don't think, yeah, I, to answer the question, yes. Two weeks, no, he can't do it. But can he do it? I think he, I think he does do it. Okay. I, think, I think he does beat him. There um, it is, man. Josh put uh, it out. I think he got does his prediction. Yep. What do you got? Mm, uh, Stay with us, Dave. Stay with us. Try to focus, buddy. Raymond Venice <laughs> asks, um, name one fighter from 145 and one from 170 uh, that you would like to see could be fighting the octagon. Well, 145 will never happen because he has no way he can ever make the weight. Not a fucking chance. Um, 145, I mean, there's nobody at 145 I'd like to see him fight. Um, I think the Volkanovski one would make it interesting. You know, I wouldn't mind seeing on at one forty at Patricio, only because we saw the success that he had against Chandler. You know, um, also too, it would be hard. We saw with Ally Quinta how hard it was for Khabib to shoot on someone so short, and Patricio's shorter. Oh, <laughs> so so to think of a guy with that hand, with this, the hand speed that Patricio has and the power he has, and with the short how short he is, it's going to be hard for Khabib to get in on him, you know? Um, but the size of Khabib, when it gets, if it gets into that second and third round, I think we yeah. start seeing, Ooh, wears on him. yeah, it start wearing wear on him. him. So yeah, that's one of those, that's one of those fights. Uh, I would, I, now that I said that, I, I think I would like to see that fight. Um, and then moving forward, like with the 170, I, I, I'm going to say Usman only because, yeah, yeah, I'm going to say Usman because he's the champion. Or there. Colby. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to see him against Colby. Yep. So you have those two. You have those two. I, I, I wouldn't even mind the Tyrone Woodley fight. You know, I said that, but when Tyrone Woodley was the champion, I really wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing that fight as well. So those those three fights. I want to see him against another top wrestler. Um, you know, but those three guys, I mean, T Wood's got the, the better stand up out of those three guys, but those other two guys I think have the better wrestling than T Wood. So Colby and Usman versus him. Uh I could see Ali making a push for the the Colby one only because Usman he's manages also Usman, so yeah. uh, and the, the Usman's already come out and said Usman already said he, he won't yeah. fight him. But you, you, that's you why know, you go with Colby. But the UFC, you know, how I, they are about forces. I fights. would like to see if when you go go one forty five, the fight that was supposed to happen when Iaquinta ended up fighting Khabib. I would like to see Max Holloway. Really? Yeah, even, I do. Even when you do see? a little bit of the MMA math with. I know uh, Dustin Poirier and Max. And... I know, I know. I'm not saying, but everything is about styles. And if Max, when Max uses his footwork and laterally moves, very difficult to take down. It's when he sets his feet trying to hurt people that he can be taken off. But I mean, it's it, you're looking at 145. I don't think there's anybody in the 145s that that you're going to say, "Well, I think he can beat Khabib." Or he's the favorite to beat Khabib. That's not going to happen. But you know, there, the Pitbull would be fun to watch for a while. I think that Khabib would end up wearing him out. Yeah. I think all of the the grappling attempts and the things that Patricio would have to stop, his arms would start to get heavier, yeah. and he'd start to get tired off of it. But you know, that would be a good matchup. That stylistically, that's a that's a fun one. But I always wanted to see. I wanted to see that Max Holloway versus Khabib. It just didn't happen. So that, yeah. that's why I picked it. If they were to fight at 145, I mean, Khabib would die trying to no. the weight. So it would never Can't happen. But yeah, if, you're, if you're picking a 45 pounder to go to 55, yes. I mean, yes. I think it would be, like you said, Max and Patricio are the two, I think, the two bets. What about 170? I said Colby. That's the only one? 
well, if, if I'm going to go straight out, you know, that would be the one that I would really like to see because I think it would be Colby's got good wrestling. Mm -hmm. He's a good wrestler and he's got a high, you know, high level pace that he brings and yeah. he pushes the pressure, which Khabib brings that pace and pushes the pressure. So that would be, you know, a fight that I think would match up really well. But the other guy that I would like to see then, if you're going to say it, Leon Edwards. Oh, shit. I, I think yeah. that would be a great fight, man. Leon Edwards, is his takedown defense is actually really good. Yep, and his wrestling yeah. takedowns and, have gotten good as well. Yeah, and his, man, his hands are good. They are very good. He, he freaking, he's got power. He moves well. He slides in and out. He, you know, he doesn't take a lot of damage when he comes in. And I just think he would be fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's definitely a fight. That's definitely a fight. That's a tough fight, too. All the way Oof. around. Yeah. What's, uh, what you got? Two mm -hmm. more. Two more? What All right. Two more? Yeah, two more. All right, this one's a bit of a, I don't know whether it's funny or interesting, but it's for Big John, and it comes from Dustin Smith. And he asks, does a referee practice of footwork to stay out of the way <laughs> slash jump in? <laughs> Absolutely. No doubt about it. Does a fighter practice footwork? And let, they, they do unless they're crazy. Okay, everyone's got to have footwork and footwork will get you into position and it will get you out of position. And so, you know, we talk, you know, everybody does things differently. And I'll give you a little, you know, background on, uh, you know, I did things, you know, for so long. You know, when you go and you watch me in the beginning and I was like, kind of like Jason Herzog, you know, I was this guy that I had to be at this 90 degrees facing guys, you know, because that's the only way to do it. And then I, I figured out that doesn't work real well. And it actually slows you down. It You think you're going to be faster, but anytime you take your feet and you put them in this position where now they're, you know, 90 degrees to the inner space of these two fighters, if you have to get somewhere fast, the first thing you actually do is step back to push off to come forward. Where if you're sideways and you're, got your head turned sideways and your foot's out there you just immediately push off of that outside foot and you're going there you're actually quicker getting places but these are the things you got to learn so you know when i the very first time i ever worked with jason herzog herzog has always been this guy that jumped around you know he looked like he was a fucking frog on a hot pan man just ding, 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 ding. and he's gotten way better you know his his footwork used to be really bad and he still has his own style and I think Jason is absolutely one of the top referees. He's fantastic. He I is. love him. He is good. But it, now he's much smoother in how he does things, and he's more relaxed. But back then, he was hopping all around. But he could do it because he was in. The, you know, he was doing triathlons. He was in great shape and everything. Everyone else would get exhausted. <laughs> he was always bent over at the back, you know. And and so we we do the show, and he you know get done and we go in the back and he says, Hey, can I ask a question? I said, yeah, but what, what, what do you need? And he says, is there anything you think that I could, you know, do different? And I said, yeah, there, there's a lot of things I think you need to think about doing what different. I said, you know, yeah, when you're, and, and it's not, not just one I'm, thing, I'm, a lot of yeah. things. I got a lot of things for you, buddy. I said, but the main, the main thing I think you really, you need to start relaxing, slow down, just start to walk. I said, instead of, instead of this sideways hop that you're doing, I said, Every time your feet are up in the air, same as a fighter, you can't move. You're in the process of moving, but if you have to now do, you have to actually come down, touch the ground, reset your feet to get going and move yourself where you need to be. I said, you need to just start walking. 
Yeah. Just walk and walk this way. And then I talked to him and he goes, yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> and I go, okay, no problem. You know, and it's, that's fine. You know, I'm there yeah. to try to help guys, you know, if I see something. And so we work again, like two weeks later and he, Hey, is there anything you think? I said, no, you didn't want to listen to me the first time. What do you want from me now? <laughs> you know, but you know, I've, I've worked with Jason so many, and we've gone over so many things and, you know, he is so good now. Jason is the guy, every time you see Jason Herzog in a fight, he's making great decisions. He's always in position. I mean, he's just fantastic. And, and that's just time that he has taken to make himself that good. So footwork is incredibly important for a referee. Yeah, he. Uh, I remember when he had first, I think I want to say I remember when he first started. I'm out of blackout coffee. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's good, huh? It's great. I got the dark roast. Yeah, I actually don't like dark roast most of the time. This is really good. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad. Like, Thank you very much. Let me know how the you got the medium as well, right? I do. I'm going to yeah. try that one next. Let me let me, see, let me know how the medium goes. Um, okay. yeah. So that and then um, what was I going to say? What was the time? Oh, Herzog. He yeah. He. <laughs> I know. Every time You're talking he, about that referee footwork, man. Yeah. Squirrel. No. Squirrel. <laughs> um, yeah. He. I felt when he was new on the scene. I was like, oh, who is this young guy? Kind of, you know, I was like, I'd been fighting for a while and he came in and I was like, who is this young guy? But what I liked, what I always liked about him is uh, in the cage between rounds, he would come up and say, are you all right? Everything good? You feel good? And like, he always talked in a very soft, you know, sometimes some of the rest would come up and be like, hey, okay, so this and this. I'm like, all right, leave me, I got other shit to worry about, you know, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> but he would always come up, be looking good, everything feel good. And then so it just, I know that the refs do that. But his yeah. approach, his his uh, his manner of doing it was very not like a like an authority figure, but like a very just like hey, you're doing wonderful. Like keep doing what you're doing, you know. Just keep the action moving, you know. He would always say that in between rounds. He would say those things. But I did notice he has a little tendency to sometimes always play with his gloves. Oh yeah, and kick his foot back. He's yeah. got his little starting little toe touch, little toe touch. Yeah, fight. <laughs> as he's as he's talking to you, he's always kind of awesome. like pulling his yeah. gloves down. And it's just anyways, nervous. Things habit. things that you know when you're uh, when, when things that you pick up when being around refs so much. So, yep. all right, one more. All right, we start with light heavyweights. We'll finish with light heavyweights. Uh, Gaming with Jacob asks, should they have Reyes versus Blackwich for the title? What once they strip it from Jones? No, no, I think they should have Santos versus uh, Reyes. But is Santos even ready? He says he is. He asked for it. He requested for it. So I, yeah, mean, but, I don't know if he is or not. Yeah. It does make sense. It does make sense. Uh, Blahovich. Blahovich. <laughs> Blahovich. You said he did the same thing. I do. Yeah. I do. So if, Blahovich. If, yeah, if he if he's ready, if 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 Santos isn't ready, let him let him fight, and you'll get the next shot. And Anthony yeah, Smith no, is so you, right behind you, them. You got those guys. Put Dominic Reyes against Jan Blahovich. Uh -huh. Let them fight. Winner. Guess what, Santos? Hello, you get you get a title shot. Yeah, yeah. I, I Come think, on. Yeah, I, I would like to see that fight a lot. I want to see Reyes and uh, Santos. I would love to see that fight. They haven't fought yet, have they? Nope. Nope. Yeah, I mean, Santos is fucking nasty good. Like, really? Just so powerful. So Here, you powerful. Want me to take, let me take you back to UFC 200. You remember who he fought? No, uh-uh. You see, this is your problem. Yes, it is. I, I, I didn't ref 90% of the fights we're fucking talking about. <laughs> UFC 200. I was there. San, Santos fights. Yeah, you were because DC was there. Yeah. Santos and, and Kane. 
Santos fights a guy named Gegard Mousasi and gets smoked in the first round. Wow. That was oh, 85? don't remember those. 85. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 185. Yeah. So then he went I, up in weight. Yeah, he did. A much better, better fighter now, huh? Yes. Much better fighter. Yes, he is. Yep. Trying to lose too much weight. Interesting. How did he get smoked? What? I, I don't recall that fight. Oh, he, you know, he on the feet he was getting smoked, then Gegard takes him down and just choked him, uh, puts a choke on him, that's it. Okay, so let's go back to this. Let's go back to this. Yeah, I, I, I want to bring I, that up because I want to go. This is where. Hold on. This is what I'm trying to talk about. People go and they sit there. And they, you're right. Santos is awesome. Yes, he deserves a title fight. You guys forget about all those times. As soon as someone loses, all of a sudden they suck. No, they don't. No, they don't. They just they just met that guy that on that night that guy's just better. You know, and and Gegard can be better than anybody on a given night. That's what I want to talk about. I want to talk let's about. Go. I want to hear. I want to see Izzy and Gegard. Everyone's like, no, oh, dude. I want to see that fucking fight. That would be fight. so good. That, that is the so fucking good. fight I want to see. I just, gosh, man, he's so damn good. He's he's phenomenal on the feet. Like, his kickboxing is fucking, he just takes no damage on the feet. He's wrestling and jiu-jitsu is fucking outstanding. His timing on the takedown is good. Him versus Izzy, to me, is the fucking, if we're going to do a cross-promotion fight, that's the fight I want. I want to see that fight. That in MVP and Stephen Thompson. Uh, I keep going back to that. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, this yeah, you know. I mean, like but the Patricio fight with Max. I was very intrigued by that in the beginning. But then now that uh, um, Volkanovski had won, I'm kind of like, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah I want to see more of Volkanovski before I I see that. Uh, Patricio's been in the rain for so long. I want to see him fight someone who's been in the rain for that as long as well. You know, I, I, there's fights that I want to see. You know. Yeah. The, I just I, that fight to me, Izzy and Gegard Musasi is the fight I would love to see. That would be my crossover fight. My my very first crossover fight would be that fight, and then the MVP and Stephen Thompson. <laughs> so what I, I what, what do you think? I I, I want to know. Like tell me. Oh no, I, you know I think when we were talking trades, it was yeah. one of the ones that I kind of brought up because I said yeah. I would love to see this fight. You know, I gave away Patricio. I couldn't give away Gegard. Also, I said, but you know, if I was going to. I would love to see Israel Adesanya and Gegard because I think they match up really well. Now, the only time that I've really seen it, two times that you've seen Gegard get hurt in the stand-up. He got hurt by Uriah Hall, who ended yeah. up knocking him out when he was just smoking Uriah. Yeah. And he got a little sloppy, and Uriah caught him, caught him with that uh, spinning heel kick and hurt him, finished him. Great win for Uriah Hall. And then he got hurt in his Bellator debut Shlomenko. against Shlomenko when he, he got his orbital broken in the very first couple seconds of the fight. And so yeah. it altered the way he fought that fight, you know, but man, on the feet, you can look at the people that Gegard has gone against and the list is long and distinguished. We're talking, you know, world-class. He fought Mark Hunt. Okay. <laughs> Think of the power so of Mark Hunt. That's <laughs> Okay. So crazy. Beat Mark Hunt. So yeah. let's just let's just put it out there. The guy can stand up and fight with anyone. And and like you said, his ground game is so underestimated. He is so good on the ground. You you watch what he does and how smoothly he transitions and sets guys up to make them move a certain way so they flow right into what he wants. He gets mount beautifully all the time. And when he gets mount. Certain guys are good from the mount position, and certain guys aren't. Yeah, certain guys can that be taken out of mount pretty easy, either by 
you know, doing an upa and getting him all the way over, or just that you'll see the guy all of a sudden move his hips, boom, he's back to half guard. And Gegard's not that guy. Gegard controls mount and holds on to it against guys that you know know how to get someone out of the mount. He is just a phenomenal fighter. But then Izzy, I think, you know, although Izzy's last performance was not spectacular, he's special. He is so good and so fun to watch most of the time. You know, the fight that he had against Whitaker showed a lot. It showed a lot, man. That fight that he had against Gastelum, that was fight of the year, if you ask me. Those guys put on a war. And Izzy took a lot of shots and just kept on coming back. So I think that would be a phenomenal matchup. Yeah, that's the fight. I, if we were to do, if we were to ever do, it wouldn't even matter if it was a crossover. If I was to take fighters without promotions involved and say, look, we're going to just yeah. put them on TV I'm just giving you these are the fights that I would love to see. Yeah. These this is that that to me is the fight that um you know G- Gegar with his extensive kickboxing background being from Holland like just all like just it just it just it'd be fucking dope. I would love to see <laughs> that fight. I'd love to see that fight. Um is there anything else? No, man, I'm good. That's it. That's it. Let's talk it. fights. I talked ran to off. I talked to Javier Mendez, and Javier said that Khabib did. It's true that he did move his camp back to uh, Russia. My only concern, as I was going to bring this up, my only concern was that um, an article just came out the other day saying that Russia has now locked down their traveling, so he may not be able to leave Russia now that he is there. So what does that Dana's do? Dana's gonna lose his mind. <laughs> what does that do? I, my only thing is, I wonder if I'm, yeah. I would. I know for sure because he's got a lot of Khabib's got a lot of ton, a ton of connections in in uh, Dubai as well as in Saudi Arabia. I've heard that the fight is definitely not in uh, Saudi Arabia. So yep. I, I don't know, um, but I would imagine he'd be able to fly private out of out of Russia somehow to get to a fight yes. if he needed to. Yes, um, and I'm sure that he could. I'm sure you could probably put even a phone call into Putin and be like, "Hey, I need to get out for this thing." Yep. You know, um, I, I'm sure there's no much. no doubt he will get to wherever he needs to get. And from <laughs> what you know, I, you know, Dana's holding that thing close, you know, to the he vest. He needs to. Ours. Yeah, he does because, but he does have you know certain locations. They're all available to him. But from what I hear, they might not be leaving the states here. So we'll see. Wow. Yeah. Kind yeah, of surprise. I mean, from, from okay, I'm not trying to get political, guys. Trump just put out the thing saying that he's hoping to lift this whole travel ban by Easter. I think it's a little far fetched, but I think in some states that they'll be allowed to to do whatever it is they want to do. Now, um, the only thing is, is that when you have people that are flying from Seattle, from the Bay Area, because we're one of the think, hot, yeah. one of the hotbeds, you have to put some sort of travel ban on those areas, New York. I, I don't know. Do. We'll we'll see. But if he's coming from Russia, he's out. He basically he he could could be considering himself self quarantine right now for the next back at home in Dagestan where there's not a lot of outbreaks. And so if he can be able to travel from there back to here for the fight, that's 14 days. You know, more than 14 days of just self quarantine basically, where he can just yeah. train there with his family. You know, whoever's there. So, um, you know, then you won't have to worry about leaving from the Bay Area, which is like one of the hotbeds for this thing. And, you know. and look, they have enough time. The UFC has enough time if they want, you know, get yourself all scheduled up and ready with, you know, a medical facility where they can test everybody for, you know, that coronavirus. Make sure they can show, boom, none of them have it. And so everything is good. And obviously they're not going to have fans at the 
the fight. So it's just going to be for TV, but I've wanted to see this fight for a long time. This is the fifth time. If it doesn't happen, that's five times this fight goes down. You don't think they're going to have, you don't think they're going to have fans? (laughs) No, they will not have fans. Absolutely not. April 18th. That will not happen. No fans. I think a fight, are you because they're worried about the coronavirus or you think because um, they can't sell the tickets? I think they can sell the no. tickets for sure. No, they could sell the tickets. Okay. That's not the problem. It's because of the virus and because of the, the bans on how many people gathering. It would, the, the entire visual for the would UFC to hold that event would look bad if you had fans there. You can do it just putting on the fights. That doesn't look bad. But if you were going to say, we're going to sell tickets to this and bring everybody together, that's just not going to work. But even if they lift the ban, like on, hey, okay, everyone go ahead and go, let's try to resume back to normal, just be cautious, be careful. Like if they do it nationwide, you think still that they wouldn't have fans? I don't think so. Not for that fight. I think they're going to, they've planned it out. They will take it to the end. This is what we're going to do. We're going to put it in this place. We're going to do the production. We're going to have our people there. We're going to... But wow. no fans, same as, you know, in Brazil at Brasilia, the last show they did, it will be in that same type of realm. That's fucking crazy. It I, is crazy when you think of that fight, but yeah. What other fight could you could you think of and say, yep, that that that's just the, the last little bit that you need to know about that fight. Since they couldn't get it going for how long? And when they finally put them together, they can't have any fans at it. <laughs> Who does that affect more? Between Tony and Khabib on the fans. I'm telling you, I honestly think it affects Khabib more. Khabib likes the charge. You know, he's, he, he sits there and, you know, he plays off of fans at times. He likes to talk to people cage side. I mean, he's been so dominant in every fight that I ever did of his. He just dominated guys. I mean, you, you take a look at those two, the two guys, and, and I think. Khabib has 12 fights in the UFC, all wins. Tony's last 12 fights, Tony's probably about 16 fights, 15, 16 in the UFC. If you don't count the Ultimate Fighters show itself, Mm -hmm. that would put him up somewhere around 18, 19. But his last 12 fights are all wins. His, you know, you look at guys that they have fought. Tony fought Abel Trujillo. Khabib fought Abel Trujillo. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, now, Khabib, I think, set the UFC record he for did. takedowns yep. against Abel Trujillo, but Tony Ferguson finished Abel Trujillo. Yeah. All right. Edson Barbosa, both guys fought. I did both of those fights. And, you know, Khabib just was manhandling Edson. And Tony ended up getting the finish. He got rocked Deci- in that fight. Decision went, yeah, he did. He got rocked, but I, I can pull, pull out ones that, here's the one that's different. Michael Johnson, yes. both guys fought. Khabib ended up uh, submitting Michael Johnson, beat him up for two and a half rounds, basically. Yeah. Uh, he did get hurt. Yes, he Khabib did. was definitely hurt by Michael Johnson in that fight. Michael Johnson ended up, winning a unanimous decision easy. I think it was 30-27 on all the scorecards against Tony. Now, it wasn't that uh, it wasn't a close fight. It was a good fight. But if you watch Tony back then, that was probably somewhere around 2012, 2013. Tony's a completely different fighter now. Yeah. Completely different. 
you know, in that fight, as I remember, Tony didn't really press forward like he does now. He did things completely. He was looking for the one big punch a lot against Michael, and Michael was piecing him up with great footwork and just touching him and then started landing. Michael being a southpaw fighter, Tony doesn't do as well with southpaw fighters. Mm. They give him some problems. He's gotten better with it, no doubt. But back then, he really had a problem with a guy that was a southpaw. And so Tony was trying to land the big one punch. Michael wasn't even thinking about just landing the one punch. He was just thinking, I'm just going to keep touching you, and and I'll let you taste a couple of hard ones in here. Just fought a, a much smarter, better fight. So you can look at it and say, well, I can point out where Tony finished a bunch of, bunch of guys that Khabib did not. And I can point out, well, Khabib beat the guy that ended up beating Tony. Mm-hmm. But that was too far. That was too long ago. Yeah. Tony's a different fighter in the way he does things. So I do think that off of watching both of them, Tony goes in his zone. He doesn't really care about who's there or what. Mm-hmm. He's got that focus. I just come forward now. And I, I think since he has fought, on the ultimate fighter and fought with no crowds, he would have a better idea and a better experience based upon at least that past education than Khabib would. Yeah. I only, I can say because it's more recent. Yeah. You're probably right. But then Khabib's also fought. He said, when we, when I interviewed him, I talked to him, he said, I've had probably close to 250 Sambo fights. He's like, and sometimes in the, you know, yeah, there's sometimes there. there's no one there. Sometimes it's fucking packed <laughs> and there's like wars inside yeah. the, you know, inside the fucking arenas after one person beats the other person, you know, um, the, but the fight, the one fight that kind of sticks out to me is the Kevin Lee fight is because if you look in that fight, Kevin Lee is able to mount Tony Ferguson. And if you watch the, he's like fighting from his back. Tony yeah. is just not not very smart like in that position now i understand that this we're getting a different tony also with more fights but that was relatively recent in comparison to like the michael johnson fight obviously oh yeah and so if that happens where he ends up you know getting mounted by khabib it's a different story when you've got khabib on top of you and you can ask everyone he's fought versus where kevin lee don't get me wrong still nasty still good big heavy ground and pound good they're elbows from the, but they're not, not close not, not close with not top, top control no. and so that being said that's the one thing that makes me believe that when when i start thinking to myself man tony's good in a lot of different areas and he's okay with being put in shitty positions because he's confident in what he can get out but if he gets mounted by khabib and he tries to do what he did against kevin lee which sh- that was most recent that's not going to end well for him see and i look at it you're right absolutely right in everything you're saying I don't think Tony looked at he knows going with Khabib, he knows what's coming. He yeah. knows where Khabib wants to put the fight. I think with Kevin Lee, he was thinking that Kevin was really going to try to stand up and knock him out and didn't even think about Kevin trying to take him down and be in top position. You know, cuz at that point Kevin was winning a lot of his fights where he was hurting people on the feet, he would go to the ground, but you know, Kevin, you know, Kevin's a good athlete. He's as good an athlete as either one of them easily. But the top pressure that Khabib creates is special, but Tony coming into that fight is going to know exactly where Khabib wants to be. And this is why you fight the fight. Both guys. And, you know, I still say Khabib is the favorite. He has to be. Yeah. But Tony can beat him. But anybody can be beat on a given day. 
Yeah. You know, does does Tony have the skills to create problems for Khabib? Yes, because Dustin Poirier proved one thing. He almost had him on that guillotine choke. Yeah. You can sit there and say, oh, no, 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 no. Let me boy point yeah. that back out. Yeah, Khabib flopping to his side. You know, as soon as he is in that and he goes to the side, it's telling you what? Oh, it's tight. Yeah. That is tight. And he had to got himself back when it loosened up and then Dustin squeezed again. All of a sudden, boom, back to the side. And you go, he gets his head in there and he gets it in against Tony. I think Dustin's got a fantastic guillotine. So does Tony. And Tony will turn that into what we call a front naked choke, or he'll go off of, you know, with the position, depending upon where it's at, slide it off into a darce. He's got a lot of attacks and he's got those long freaking limbs and arms mm -hmm. that some guys cannot lock that thing up and he can. Yeah. It's a good match. That's why I want to see it. Yep. Yep. We'll see if it gets, we'll see if it gets through this, uh, this time. I would, <laughs> I just would like to see it with a crowd. Yeah, but I yeah, so would I. But I, I don't. I can't hey, say it favors one more than the other. I would have picked the other. I would have picked the other way. I think they're both professional. Yeah, I would have picked the other way. I think they're both professional. I don't think it's going to affect either one. I think they both have had so many fights, and what, I think what they both have got the same amount of professional fights. What twenty eight? Something like that. Twenty eight, yeah. no, twenty five, and three, yeah. or something like that. I mean, and they just both know how to fight, so I don't think it will affect either one. You know, yeah. but if I was going to pick one to say eh, it might affect him more, I would have thought Khabib only because Tony had had done it before. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we're going to see. Hopefully, we get to see it. You're saying in the states, you're hearing that it might be in the states. That's what I heard. I was shocked by that. Yeah, that's crazy to yeah. think they're going to have the fight in the states, like with no crowd. That's what's crazy to me. I mean, what what do you think they're losing at the gate? A million and a half, maybe two. Oh, are you kidding me? No, 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 no. no more no, than that. No. That was at the Barclays Center, and that that would have been somewhere in eleven, ten and a half to eleven million dollar game. Wow, that's fucking crazy. I mean, that's, that's a lot that's, of money. That's paying your main event at least your main oh, event, and your co-main event. Paying, as well. It, well, it's paying. Let's say it's paying all of the card except for the main event. Yeah, that's fucking nuts. <laughs> that's, that's, and that's, that's probably some change left over too. The yeah. whole undercard. <laughs> yep. Oh, shit. That sucks. I mean, from what I understand, they're trying to actually put on, uh, they're trying to add fights to that. What's the, the other main event that was supposed to just happen that got canceled? Well, it was supposed to, it was supposed to be um, Nangano. Yes. I, and I know that they, uh, they've they gone and tested uh, both, uh, I don't, I hate to say his name, yeah. Rosnistuk. I, I can't say it right. Oh. Guy um, from Singali. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Rosenstock. Rosenstock. Rosen. Uh, yeah. How do you say it right? Is it Rosenstock? Rosen. Hey, yeah, we know. Yeah, 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 we know who he yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. But that that was the main. Uh, I think the main event for the Portland or I think that was, was one of them. But I think it was Portland. that was. Uh, I think they're talking about putting that on the same card. So that's a hell of a fight. In Ghana, that would be great to see. <laughs> yeah, both both of them got big power. Someone, see, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jinx it because I said that when. Nangano fought Lewis. Someone's going to sleep. <laughs> I did. I you was did. the one that went to sleep. <laughs> you were the one sitting on your couch it going, fuck, this fight needs to fucking end. <laughs> uh, that's it. That should be a good fight. Yeah, I, I give the, the I, I think Nangano's got the speed more so. He's got more speed. He's got an equal amount of power, if not more power. So yep. um, I, I, I give him the and, and he's just getting better. Yeah. Yep. Nangano's getting better, man. Man, it's going to be good. good. It's looking good. 
All right, guys. Well, hey, make sure you guys hit the thumbs up on YouTube. We're trying to get to a thousand likes when we do this. And that lets us know, you know, kind of where the figures are. And we start seeing our video getting shared at least a thousand times to other things. So also hit the subscribe button. If you guys at any time during this have got to this level of where you've watched this much of the show, please make sure you guys have subscribed. I would really appreciate that. John and I appreciate it. Totally numbers appreciate are, it. Numbers are gaining. We're gaining like a thousand subscriptions almost a week, which is nice, which is, you know, which is, is great for, for us. We're feeling wonderful about this. Like I said, we've only been doing this for about eight, nine months. Um, Dave keeps yelling at me to tell you guys, you know, thumbs up 5,000 times. That one, that one extra thumbs up will help. Look, we're just trying to see where the numbers will lie at after, you know, a day or two. If we can get a thousand, that'd be wonderful. Let's try and get to like three and four thousand. That'd be awesome as well. Hit the thumbs up. If you listen to the video, you guys hear this video. If you guys are watching the video or listening to the, the audio, hit the thumbs up for us. I appreciate it. Uh, anything else, John? No, nah, man, I'm good. John Doing McCarthy good. MMA on Twitter and Instagram. Yes. Podcast Dave on Instagram. Oh, Podcast I Dave. I forgot for everyone telling me as far as the way I dress, <laughs> if I'm working with flamethrowers or things like that. Hey, life's about taking risks. Have fun. <laughs> oh, geez. That's hilarious. Uh, you posted that picture of you on the water, and then Dave said something about the coronavirus living in the water. I said, no, the coronavirus yeah. is on top of the water. <laughs> it was you. You on the jet ski. Oh, man. Hey, man. Uh, stay safe. Uh, you know, we'll chat some more, and uh, we'll probably try to drop you, my brother. Let's hopefully get some more news coming in. You know, hopefully better news than the John Jones Better stuff. news. Uh, but, hey, we, we appreciate you guys. We thank you guys. Also, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Josh Thompson official. Pick up your weighing in shirt there. We're trying to get some more designs and logos. If you guys haven't hit up Dave yet, please hit up Dave. Send him over an email with some artwork that you guys would like to have us feature on a T-shirt. We'd like to uh, stamp our name on it and get that out as well. Uh, big jo Josh the Punk Thompson, so it would be the Punk Tom, the real what is it? The real the punk. Real punk. You got to know, you gotta know your own handle. Instagram and Twitter. Dude. Instagram and Twitter, the real punk. <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, guys. Thank you so much. Enjoy, enjoy the. Hope you guys enjoy the show and the fan questions. And podcast, Dave, you got anything else to say, buddy? Yeah. We didn't want to hear from you anyways. Okay. Dave, do you even know what Charlie Brown is? Yes. <laughs> Every time Dave talks. <laughs> All right, guys. If you guys haven't checked out our workout videos, watch, get a good laugh, and watch podcast Dave uh, sit down in the middle of the workout. <laughs> All right, guys. Enjoy. Talk to you guys later. Have a safe weekend and uh, wish you guys all very safe.